So today we hear Jesus' teaching on welcoming. You know, when I think about the word welcome, the first image that comes to my mind is my dog, Koopa. He waits in the window for me for hours, waiting for me to come home. He waits and he watches. And as soon as I drive up into the driveway, he lets out this mighty yelp. And as I open the door, he's dancing and jumping and licking. And sometimes I come in with my hands too full and I leave this greeting ritual too soon. And so as I'm walking to the counter, he's nipping up at my shirt. Just so excited. And no matter what else has happened to me that day, Koopa's welcome. It lightens my load. He reminds me every day that I am the apple of his eye and there is nothing that could ever change that. Welcome and hospitality, these two concepts, they're sort of synonymous. So the other day I asked Ann Hall, who's on the vestry and also co-chair of the hospitality committee, and I asked her, I said, what comes to mind when you hear the word welcome? And so she's also a real estate agent and she went right to homes and she said, you know how some people, they buy those big old signs and they put them up in their yard that says, welcome. They put out that welcoming feeling, but I'm not just so sure how many strangers or even neighbors that they want just traipsing through their house at any time. Welcome and hospitality in our culture often ring a little watered down, like being superficially nice. But in gospel terms, these concepts are superpowers. They're cornerstones of the kingdom. It's interesting how in other cultures around the world, they hold a more muscular, proactive posture to welcome and hospitality. And on one of our mission trips to Haiti, I recall this feast that our sister church had laid out for us. They knew we were their visiting brothers and sisters in Christ. And so after church, all of us marched to this home, to a brass band, and they had laid out all sorts of unfamiliar foods for us. Our Haitian hosts were all dressed up in their Sunday finest, exuberant in joy, desperately poor. Very few of them had flushing toilets, and yet so oddly rich and generous to us. Nancy Culp and I, with our blonde hair and pink skin, stood in stark contrast to our hosts. Besides the plantains, we didn't know exactly what kind of food was in front of us or how sanitary it was prepared, but we recognized a gospel welcome when we saw it. And so we ate. Nancy later told me a story about her daughter's experience in West Africa while she was serving in the Peace Corps in 2012. Carolyn and her husband, they often had to pass through this one village as they cut through to go to lunch with their sponsor. And despite being obviously foreigners, when they would return home, the locals who were cooking in these makeshift stoves along the road would offer, would insist that they have a little bite with them before they left. Even though the couple had just eaten, These locals felt that they must share. 
welcome and deep hospitality were the mutual ingrained values of that culture, ensuring everyone survived. And for these radically poor villagers of West, Afri uh, West Africa, they valued people more than possessions. They were not afraid of poverty. They would say that we have two seasons, rainy and hungry. And after the coup d'etat, which happened while Carolyn and her husband were there, the villagers had hoped that they would stay, promising them that they would protect them with their lives. This is the kind of risky, colorblind welcoming that Jesus encourages his disciples to adopt. St. Paul restates this new way of seeing when he wrote to the Galatians saying, there is no longer Jew or Greek, no longer slave or free, no longer male or female, for all are one in Christ Jesus. This kind of all are welcome insists on our mutual belonging, a hopeful worldview that helps us risk personal safety and old ways of thinking. Because when we stand with people who are not exactly like us, new possibilities for the whole universe start to open up. On the front of your cover of the bulletin, you'll see this photos of doctors and nurses. They're, they're painting a mural. I saw that on the news this week. And it speaks to their experience during this COVID. Under pressure, they discovered the cost of caring. It changed them. With tender hands cupping another's face, they inscribe, how we care shapes who we are. Their selfless and risky devotion to care and heal others yielded an unexpected interior change, so life-altering that they felt compelled to, to paint, to draw in art, a skill that's not necessarily theirs. And St. Christopher's, we have made real traction on this kind of gospel welcome. In general, most Episcopal churches are known as a big tent church where all are welcome. Our congregation, specifically, we specialize on healing, hope, and hospitality. Really trying to go beyond the nice and just polite to visitors. We try to incorporate all kinds of people and differing views into our congregation. And even so, I don't want us to miss the context with which Jesus talks about welcoming. He says, whosoever welcomes you, welcomes me. And whosoever welcomes me, welcomes the one who sent me. Here, Jesus is acknowledging that we disciples won't always be welcomed by the world. Our message of inclusion and forbearance and forgiveness, they put us at risk in a selfish and hostile world. Walking the way of love will cost us. We should know that up front and take heart. To understand a concept, sometimes it's helpful for me to look at it from both sides, the positive and the negative. So Koopa, my dog, he helps, helps me to understand what it feels like to be welcomed. But what has it been like for each of us when we were unwelcomed? Just this past week, our nation 
is starting to face up to centuries of radical inequalities. And so the Pensacola ministers and a few governmental leaders, they had what they call a listening session on Zoom. And during this session, some of the pastors, black, white, Jewish, Asian, Muslims, shared their stories about how race had intersected their lives at some point. And it's, for me at least, in hearing people's stories that I'm converted. And lately, my most frequent response after hearing these stories is, I had no idea. So I listened. And it was Pastor Riley's story, the minister from Bethel AME. That's the one I just keep thinking about. He described this small incident that happened probably 10 years ago. He shared how his family had gone to a restaurant for dinner with their two young boys. And they were the only black family there. And not long after arriving, their teacher's son with her family, they came into the restaurant. And Winston, the Riley son, was so excited. And so he's tugging on his mom's um, shirt sleeve and he's saying, that's my teacher, that's my teacher. And so the parents told him to, to calm down. When she looks over here, you know, we'll say hello. But the teacher never looked over. And throughout the meal, two other students with their families came in, and the teacher happily acknowledged and greeted them. And yet even as the Rileys got up to leave the restaurant, the teacher never made eye contact with the child to invite a hello. The story, it kills me. Because a hello is such a small thing to offer this little boy who so wanted to be seen and accepted. And sometimes it's the simplest of human compassion that makes all the difference. Love invites us to open ourselves to the other, to risk reputation for the sake of kindness and humanity. Welcoming others, laying down our defenses, is a brave move. Obviously, Jesus is responsible for redeeming the world back to God. And yet, we're a part of that. And rather than being paralyzed by the enormity of the task, we do our part by simply offering a cold cup of water, a smile, by leaning in, by curiously listening and building relationships. Welcoming behavior is gospel. It's the essential way in. Welcoming, not disdain, is the only gateway in to reconciling with one another. We are literally changed by what we do and what we say. Prayer shapes believing. The way we behold one another not only affects us, but it affects those we behold. If we want to change the world for good, and I know we do, Jesus models that welcome and compassion are our primary shaping tools. It's simple. It's hard. But that's the way of love. Amen.